And we welcome you to the Friday Morning Show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. This is the last opportunity of the year 2020 for us to welcome to the program uh, the president of Gateway Technical College, Brian Albrecht. And uh, we have a very special guest joining us as well, whom we will introduce uh, in just a moment. But first, uh, Mr. President, welcome back to the morning show. Great to have you. Thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure. I don't know if 2020 went fast or slow. I'm trying to decide. It seems like it went really fast. But um, I know with COVID, the impact on everyone is like, it's just hard to break out of this 2020 bubble, but just glad to be with you. And I'm too excited about today's program. Great. Um, Speaking of COVID, maybe you could just give us an update on uh, how COVID has been uh, affecting operations at Gateway Technical College, uh, what kind of numbers we've seen in terms of students and faculty and staff and so on, Uh, whatever you think is important for our listeners to know. Yeah, I'd be happy to, Greg. You know, it is certainly uh, the most important topic for all of us at the college right now to make sure that we keep our campuses safe for our students and for our staff. I'm just really proud of the work that uh, our, we call it the Globalization Preparedness and Stabilization Committee uh, for Gateway. And, and that group has met every month and talked about all the changes that are necessary to keep our campuses safe. And really proud of the fact that we've been able to make modifications to our classrooms and our laboratories. And here we are closing in on the end of the semester and students are graduating and completing their programs. And it makes me so proud to know that we've been able to he- be here to support them. That wouldn't have happened without the great support of our, our faculty and our staff. They've done an enormous amount of work in preparing virtual experiences, uh, hybrid learning experiences, community-based experiences in order to give them the skill sets necessary to go into the workforce. We've been monitoring all of the impacts of COVID, including the most recent changes that are recommended by our local health departments to uh, really begin to start to quarantine and to make sure that we respect uh, all of the different Uh, requirements of the CDC. So we've modified our schedule coming forward into the spring. We'll delay our start until January 19th, which will um, give us a little bit more time to again go and do a deep clean, but most importantly to allow our communities hopefully to to rebound a little bit from any sort of surge that might happen over the holidays. And uh, we've seen some of that. In the month of November, we had 300 cases that were reported uh, through Gateway. Now that doesn't mean that they were all contracted on campus, it means that people that came to campus had reported that they had been in contact with someone with COVID. So we've been doing a lot of contact tracing and, you know, networking within the community and advising people that they need to stay home or protect themselves and their families. So we'll stay vigilant on our efforts around COVID. We'll continue to move forward with programming in the spring and we'll monitor the community's impact and do everything we can to be responsive. Really proud of the fact that we partnered with the local health department and uh, the community health department to offer COVID testing on our Kenosha campus. We did that also in Racine, and um, we are partnering with the development of the implementation of flu shots for our community. And now most recently, our students have been uh, engaged in being trained in helping um, supply or be the medical suppliers for the vaccine once it comes to our community. So we're in it at all different fronts. Uh, Most importantly right now is to make sure that we help our students complete their degree programs and and get out into the workforce because we know that's important for them. Excellent. Uh, I know that you have a thank you that you want to issue uh, to uh, the construction class at Gateway Technical College. I'm afraid I don't know too much about this. What are we talking about? Well, you know, I talk about a lot of programs, but we don't often highlight the construction sciences program. So it's great to be able to recognize 
the team there. Mike, the instructor, does a great job of community-based programs, helping out with Habitat for Humanity and revitalization of Racine, rehabbing homes. Um, they do a lot of projects on campus as well. Um, they help us with some interior remodeling when it's necessary. And most recently, they helped construct what we call our simulation city house for law enforcement. So um, we're really proud of that. It's another training resource for our, our police officers. It's a vacant home that they've built uh, on campus that we can use for practice uh, training scenarios. Um, but they do a terrific job with all of that. It's a part of the learning experience. It helps put real life applications to the lessons that they're learning, you know, maybe in a lab and setting, but in a real lab outside in building, in this case, a home. That's just one example. We also have the socket to poverty program going on right now where uh, student groups are collecting socks for homeless uh, shelters. We had the CNC students that did the food drive uh, last month and collected uh, just a lot of different materials that we can donate to the food pantries. And so proud of all of our students and our staff that make that commitment to have our students engaged in real world experiences around service. Wonderful. Finally, I know you want to extend a word of congratulations uh, to December graduates, and probably a lot of our listeners uh, wouldn't uh, stop to even think about people graduating in December, but it happens all the time here at Gateway, of course. Well, we should never forget the accomplishments of those that have gone through that journey, and what a great celebration. And congratulations to all of our Gateway grads and our alum for all of these years. You know, Greg, we talk a lot about the history of Gateway, and we're built upon the, the foundation of those that have come before us. And we're just wrapping up, believe it or not, our 109th year of service. So in January, mm -hmm. we begin the 110th year of service to our community. So there have been a lot of graduates. But this year's class, I think, is a little bit special. And we want to really make sure we say thank you for continuing the journey through a pandemic, through a virtual learning experience, through a modified work schedules that you all have and the impacts on your own families. You stuck with it. You completed your degree programs. And now we're really excited to celebrate your commencement with you and, and uh, award you that diploma. Tonight, actually, I will be with our nursing students who are receiving their nursing pins for the completion of their nursing degree. And it's so exciting because they get to hear a little bit about uh, the life journey of all of their peer friends. And then we know that they're all going to be going to work on Monday <laughs> mm. because that's just the way it is in the professions that we train in. They're, they're training for jobs and they're already networked in the community and they already have those placements taken care of. So thanks to them for completing the journey. But more importantly, thanks to everyone that's going to go out and help continue to support the frontline services of our community and keeping us safe going forward. Excellent. By the way, how are you going to be with them tonight? Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, virtually with them or with them with them? In the if room. you recall, the last semester, so in the fall, we had a beautiful day, and we were able to host everyone in our arboretum. So the mm. students were 10 feet apart, and we had a speaker system, and parents and friends drove up in their cars, and we broadcast it to their cars so they could hear the speeches. We're going to do something very similar. Parents and friends will be in the car in the Montegrano Center conference room, conference center, and then the students will be social distance in Haribo Hall. Um, so we're going to still be able to see the students, present them their pins, um, but their family and friends will have to listen through a radio broadcast that we're doing in the car. So very creative uh, commencement ceremonies. Last month, we celebrated the CNC students in a very similar way. You might remember we had 
the, the Metallica scholars and they did a little rock band stage where they had a big screen and you could go outside in your car and watch it all on a video screen. So a very creative way of celebrating the successes of our students. Looking forward to it tonight. Wonderful. Very good. Well, uh, it's time for us to introduce our very special guest who joins us via Zoom all the way from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Mr. President, tell us about Jan Bray. I'm jealous right now because I'm watching Jan on Zoom and she's got a background of some mountain views and it's gorgeous. So I'm so proud to have Jan join us here today. Jan's been a friend of mine for many years. We started together when I was all the way back in Madison at the Department of Public Construction with the Association for Career and Technical Education where she led the nation's uh, professional organization for teachers in CTE and uh, has continued down that path of support, whether it's working with industry credentialing organizations or now most recently as our executive director and CEO for the Council for Career Development to continue to advocate for the important role that to all educators and community members, parents, play in helping young people make informed decisions about their future career paths. And we know that that's the foundation of Gateway. It's all about pathways and helping students navigate to in whatever life circumstance they have, maybe a direct pathway from high school, but it might be coming to us as an adult, maybe a dislocated worker, maybe from the Department of Corrections, that whole experience around career development. And I don't think our nation could be more grateful for Jan and her leadership and, and now advancing this cause with a national coalition to help support that effort. Welcome, Jan. Mm. Good to have you. Jan Bray, Executive Director of the Council for Career Development. Uh, tell us, first of all, uh, Jan Bray, a little bit about yourself, your life's journey, especially your professional life's journey, and, and the way in which during that journey you have been connected from time to time with Gateway Technical College. Sure, and it's, it's really, thank you, Greg, and thank you, Brian. It's really a pleasure to be participating in this radio show. Actually, last time uh, I did this, I was on campus. We did this uh, a number of years ago. We did a radio show together. So, um, you know, so I'm glad to be participating again. You know, the whole idea of uh, education and making sure that we can, um, you know, that everybody has the opportunity to move forward in the pathway of their choice, regardless of what it is, has always been the heart of what I've wanted to do. I started out actually as a history teacher, taught eighth grade history, and eighth grade is a great age to teach because they're really trying to push the boundaries and figure out what they want to do. I learned a lot from those eighth graders, and I won't tell you all that I learned, but I did learn a lot from them. Um, and uh, from there, I got into nonprofit management, all focused on education in different industries, different fields. And I uh, was very pleased that, uh, you know, the last organization I ran wasn't uh, the Association for Career and Technical Education. And that, as Brian indicated, that is where I got to meet him. Um, and uh, through that, actually uh, worked a lot with Gateway Technical College. Uh, with Gateway, we helped to build the National Coalition of Certification Centers, of which uh, Gateway was uh, one of the leaders in getting that formed. We did a project with Morocco, um, helping them figure out, you know, put together a high-level uh, program in the automotive industry. Um, and I've had the opportunity to be on campus a number of times, your Horizon Center, your IMET Center, and to really get to talk to not only the faculty and the leadership at the college, but also the students. And, but the one thing that I think certainly Gateway does well and that drives it I'm very interested in is the connection between education and industry. Education is fine, but if it doesn't align with what industry needs, so what? 
an industry, if, you know, they've got needs, if they don't connect and talk to education, they're not going to meet their needs. So I have spent the last, well, even while I was at ACTE, but the last six years when I went off on, on my own and created my own organization, it was about connecting the dots between education and industry. And what we found was a need for information from all sides that gets to the individual. And so that's what drove me to where I am today. And it's so exciting, Jan, when I think about our pathway together and the importance of, you know, what are the common intersections and certainly have identified some good ones there, the connection with education and industry. And there's really no one to blame because educators are trained and prepared in a certain way and it doesn't always have time or the curriculum didn't make time for how do you build collaborations with partnerships in industry and industry is busy doing their thing. So they didn't necessarily have time to figure out how education can support their talent development. So you're right. This is a, a, a bridge that needs to be built between the two organizations and Gateway has been proud to be a, a part of that uh, for many years. And we can continue to look forward to the new work that you're doing with the council on career development. So uh, Jan Bray, tell us about the council for career development and, uh, when and why, under what circumstances it was created, and, and what makes it uh, important. Sure. So let me make uh, one correction in terms of what we're called, and I always say as long as the words fit, it's the Coalition for Career Development Center. Uh, that's what we're calling it, the CCD Center. And it actually, efforts started back in uh, around tw in 2016. A group of industry organizations actually said, we're not getting the right people. They don't know what we need. And they're not even looking at our industry. So uh, we did, and actually led by the Manufacturing Skills Standards Council, did a paper, a white paper, on you know, uh, career de development and how it needs to be transformed, where it's working, where it's not working. And from that held a series of summits that had education policy and industry leaders involved in that, talking about the issues. The, the whole profession of career guidance is wonderful. They do a very good job. And, and I never want anybody to think that we're saying they don't. But to the point, industry has evolved. It's changed. We do know that you know, you have in some of the research, uh, the last paper that came out by this informal coalition before we formalized ourselves was uh, a paper called, a book called Career Readiness for All. And it really highlights some of the research, you know, the amount of debt, which averages 37,000 for young people who have completed post-secondary but have not done anything with their degree, but they have uh, the debt that's in there. Uh, the, the number of the decreasing percentage of students that are completing their uh, four-year or even a two-year degree because of the disconnect. They don't know what they want to do. And so they get very bored. There's actually some information we had that, you know, fifth graders, 74% of fifth graders were very excited about their education. By the time they reached uh, eighth grade, it went down to 34%. They're disconnected and that they're bored with school. They're disconnected because it doesn't. And we all have people in our families. We can, we all have personal experiences. We can talk about that from our family members. So, uh, so that drove a need that we really need to focus on helping young people connect, have the right education and training that connects to industry and to jobs that meet their interests and their talents. 
Hmm. Well, I would think uh, I'm just re reminding myself, Jan, of when I was in fifth grade <laughs> or maybe eighth grade and the one maybe unit we had on career development, it wasn't a part of a comprehensive discussion. It was uh, go to the library and pick a book about your favorite job and, and then do a book report. Or maybe in the counselor's office, there were some little flyers that talked about different career paths, but they were pretty narrow career paths. It was not nearly as comprehensive uh, of an experience as it is today. And there's so many more jobs today and so many more career paths. And, you know, I, I, just a generation ago, most people would find an employer and stay with them for their entire career. And now we know that people are changing jobs every, every few months, it seems like. So you've got to be an entrepreneur as you look for your career and you've got to be willing to adapt and to change. So what you're doing and what you're building with this coalition is really helping to think differently about the way we educate young people. Jan Bray, this is probably a good moment for you to talk a little more about how the whole business of career guidance has changed over the years. As President Albrecht was just alluding to, it was something pretty modest and simple in scope uh, once upon a time and really has had to evolve. Um, what would be some of the ways in which it has most dramatically changed? Well, you know, so over the years, I mean, it's no secret for a, a guidance counselor you know, forget putting aside behavioral issues, they've had to deal with all the test taking and applications to college and, you know, uh, you know, getting them in school, why have they been absent? There's been such an increased focus on that. And because of the rapid changes in industry, it's been a challenge. How do they keep up with all that's happening in industry? How do they know, you know, that uh, the jobs that are out there, the kind of knowledge and skills that are needed are changing. They can only be in so many places at one time, and that's a problem. And industry really has not known how to talk to that career counselor, that guidance counselor in the school. Um, and it's all students. And I, I, I want to say, when we talk about career development and advisement, it's all students. I don't care what direction they want to take their career down the road, whether they want to be, I mean, these are two opposite extremes, whether they want to be a ditch digger or they want to be a doctor. Make sure that's what you want, you have the opportunity to experience it, and that you have the information you need to do that. What kind of education experience learning do you need? What kind of salary is out there? And that you are making informed decisions. And career, uh, you know, the guidance group has been providing as much information they can and technology is certainly assisting with that. There are now a lot of technical tools out there that helps with providing that information that counselors can take advantage of. You know, and I've, I found too, Jan, that it's kind of a never-ending process, right? It's not like you get to a certain age and you should have had enough experience around career development so you can make your own informed choices. It changes all the time because the types of jobs change. I'm looking at Greg and how a radio show is produced today. That's different than what it was even just a few years ago. Or, or you know, when I look at our placement services at Gateway, we, we used a system for many years called Tech Connect. It's an online kind of electronic version. Well, then it switched to Handshake and now it's Purple Briefcase and it just keeps expanding. And so that idea that an individual, no matter what age they are, needs to continually think about how their career and their career development process is working. Well, and let me just also say, you're absolutely right, Brian. And one of the things I find interesting, and this is a good, good steps being taken, especially by industry, you know, there are foundational skills, knowledge and skills that go into many different career areas. And so what 
career counselors, guidance counselors, and even teachers need to understand. So we found this out during the last recession. If you were an automotive service technician and the automotive industry went into a you know downward spiral for a while, with just a few more courses, you could become very proficient at being a wind turbine technician, which was escalating. Now who, you know, so you need industry to recognize it, lay that out. You need somebody who knows that's there and help know, you know, they don't have to know what the skills are, but that they can, there's a place to go. And then the educational institutions have to provide that opportunity. So it's all of that combination to your point is that I might start off this direction, but then where are all the branches in that tree I can go to? Yeah, I, I remember when I was a teacher too, I try to remind our students that we often think of a career as a career ladder and that a ladder is pretty sequential. You take one step after another, but a career is really like climbing a tree and that as you climb a tree, you don't always take the branch that's next to you. Next to you. you might have to wrap your leg around the tree and take a different branch or maybe even a branch down below you to get a better position in order to reach up higher. And then when it's all said and done, always remember that the branches of the tree are the only things you can see at this point. The roots of the tree are the real strength of your process. So what's happening to prepare yourself for that next step? What are you doing to continually improve and strengthen your skills and abilities so that you can take that next step where it is, wherever it is on that tree? Hmm. So tell our, our listeners more about uh, the focus of your organization and uh, some of the sort of other players who are part of this whole world of, of, of career guidance, for instance, counselors and teachers and so on. Tell us about that and other ways in which you focus your work to bring this about. Sure, so the uh, Coalition for Career Development Center is a nonprofit organization. It is basically, we are positioning it as a think tank, okay? It is industry-led. Um, and it's really about, uh, to me, it's three buckets that we have our, that we're going to do our work in. Uh, one is research. Uh, what is actually happening out there? What uh, is working? What is it, you know, where are their challenges? But it's going to be based on research. And right now we are working on a major report called the Condition on Career Readiness that's going to look at all the states, what they're doing. And we're, you know, what have been the results of what they're doing uh, under that whole research effort? There is, is a, a state career development leaders network. All the states has person who's in charge of from a state level, and they're helping to shape and inform this research report uh, and providing a lot of input on it. Uh, we are actually looking at potentially doing a research report in this in Wisconsin and uh, with Foxconn and as other organizations looking at uh, career development in the state of Wisconsin. How is what's being done connecting to industry? How is it helping industry move forward with their workforce needs? And so we're looking at that, the same kind of project, looking at it in Dallas. But there's, we're gonna have doing a lot of research out of that. Uh, the second one is really sharing information. So it's almost a clearinghouse. Uh, we are going to be collecting best practices, promising practices, other research reports that haven't done. We, you know, we can't do it all. So how do we share what's out there? So if you are someone, whether you are a, an educator, an industry person, a policymaker, a parent, you are interested in what's happening in this area, you can start with this center, 
and that will take you help identify places you can go for more information. And then the third bucket is really about uh, communications. How do we message this? How do we uh, succinctly tell the message in the right way to the right audience? Whether it's policy, whether it's uh, industry, whether it's education, whether it's the student and the parent, how do we message it so that the information gets out there, but the understanding of the importance of career development and advisement is also understood in there. So we will be doing a lot of outreach and communication. And our governing board, of which I'm very pleased, uh, your president, Brian Albrecht, is vice chair of our board. And we are very thankful to him for that. But our board includes members from industry. We have from IBM. We have from the uh, Society of Manufacturing Engineers, um, you know, National Council of Education, uh, research and construction education and research is involved with that amitrol we have educators in there um people who are doing research as well as representing educators including advanced cte which are all your state directors um and so we have the education commission of the states which is part of that the national governors association is on our board so we have a very extensive board that represents all of the various components that need to be part of this dialogue. We have also put together advisory council, again, of industry leaders, uh, the National Association of Workforce Boards is on that, the Retail Federation, the Restaurant Foundation, uh, all of those, the School Counselor, uh, School Counselor Association, uh, American School Counselor Association, all part of that is going to provide input and direction to help us make sure we stay on track. Uh, and committees that are looking at credentials, uh, career development, technology, uh, policy, what, how do we, what kind of policies are needing out there, although we are not an advocacy group, and um, also, you know, what kind of research should be done. So it's a very comprehensive organization. I've, I've enjoyed already the webinars that have been put forth. I think they're solid in their research base, and I enjoy collaborating with colleagues across the nation, and it's so always amazing how similar we are across the nation and um, that we should focus on how do we build upon those strengths. I know this last week we heard from the state of Colorado and all the work that they're doing in career development and that will only help influence our future work here in our state of Wisconsin and certainly here at Gateway in our district. And I think that that opportunity to have that collaborative conversation built upon the research base that you're already developing guided by the industry focus really leads to a solid foundation for the future of career development. For those of you just joining us on today's morning show, it is the monthly visit of Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, his last visit to the show for 2020, and our very special guest joining us via Zoom, Jan Bray, executive director of the Coalition for Career Development Center. And uh, it's great to uh, have Jan Bray with us uh, today. Uh, Jan Bray, we hear so much about, uh, first of all, high unemployment uh, at this moment, and also a skills gap. And it's sort of strange to think about those two things being in place at the same time, but, uh, but they're both very real and both cause for tremendous concern. Uh, what, is, uh, what is your center's role in trying to address these two concerns? Well, it is, uh, you know, I said just a few minutes ago, 
What we are really focused on is making sure that industry has outlined the pathways there, the foundation, knowledge, and skills. So if there, for an example, we know, you know, I mean, terrible thing to say, but the hospitality industry is struggling right now. We have no idea what's going to, you know, how it's going to wind up. But there's a customer service basis to that. Well, there's a lot of need for customer service representatives in many industries. Uh, and so how do we help those industries connect to those people? But more importantly, it's how do we make sure that the, the educational systems, going back to this, understands that baseline of knowledge so and skills that are needed and what other industries need them. So it's those, going back to Ryan's uh, analogy, it's that career tree. And so the only way we're going to be able to help as a country close that skills gap and address the unemployment uh, issue is to really have those descriptions of those pathways, what knowledge and skills are needed so that we can help advise young people. I mean, the IT area is going through a tremendous change right now, not only because of technology, but where IT is being used. It opens up. A, a universe of potent, job potential. Um, I know I work on a number of uh, Department of Labor grants where we are focused on the IT sector and getting uh, apprentices and young people uh, involved in, in, in all kinds of companies utilizing IT skills. I do want to say what's very important, and this is what is really important for the career development professionals to to understand and to know how to implement is work-based learning experiences. Um, everything from mentorships to internships to apprenticeships, it goes across the scene because that helps a, a person, an individual understand how to apply what they're learning. That creates the interest. So we are really looking for and what we're calling for is much more focus on work-based learning experiences by educational institutions and for industry to get engaged with those and make those available to young people. Yeah, I, I tend to just um, try to observe the changes within our community and I'll just say healthcare as an example how fast and how rapid telemedicine has been expanded. Um, there was a time when we all just felt the need to make an appointment and drive to the doctor. And, and you know, there's a lot of processes involved in that. And then of course, with COVID, uh, not able to do that, but the expansion of telemedicine and all of the services that are necessary now in some level of virtual environment, healthcare, education, name the industry, transportation, logistics, all of those are growing at enormous rates. And those are uh, cross skill sets, as Jan mentioned. So there's a place for uh, medical interpreters. There's a place for medical IT staff. There's a place for thinking differently about the way we uh, transport products and goods. We're seeing it very much evidenced in the holiday season where we all get our holiday gifts from. We order them online, right? It's very different than what it was even a year ago. So let's look for those cross-sector skill sets and how can we now help people transition their career path. Jan Bray, we've just touched on this, but uh, maybe you have more to say about what you would see as the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on, first of all, job seekers in general, but also any impact that you think it has on on the business of career guidance. Uh, do, do these challenging times in which we live, in a sense, change the whole nature of what career guidance means or how it should be focused at this point? 
Well, obviously, like everything else, COVID-19 is impacting everything. It's, uh, and I will say, this is probably the wrong thing to say. Some of it is positive. I wouldn't want to bring back COVID-19 in any way, but some of it is because it is forcing us to rethink. You know, we, we can't sit down necessarily face-to-face -face with a student, but we can do it virtually. Uh, there, it is a, it is increased the growth in the technology that is providing information for these young people to, uh, to take advantage of and to see, um, which is good. It is actually, uh, because so much is going virtual, this has been uh, good for real young, you know, people who are in middle school and high school, because this is, you know, really how they're, they're learning. This is what excites them. And so they're more apt to go and look at these tools and use these tools. We have to think of them as well. But it's also um, forcing industry to think differently about how they hire if they need uh, people. And I talk to a lot of industries who are desperate for workers and they don't know how to reach them. Uh, and they don't know how to train them because they are used to the traditional way. I go to you know, somebody and I go to a school or a workforce board, I bring somebody in, I train them on site and that's great and it doesn't work that way. So everybody has to look at the virtual world and we're doing that. And so I think down the road, it's actually going to be a benefit to how we connect people together, individuals to industry. It also, because so much more is going online, it is easier to go out there now and to research and see what's there and how do I take advantage of it. You know, there's the, the old saying that you cannot be what you cannot see. This is opening mm -hmm. up the world for these young people to be able to see what is out there. What we are looking to do at the center is not only making counselors, teachers, you know, all the educational leaders aware of what's out there, but helping them understand how to utilize that and really driving home the need to take advantage of it. Not just, well, I think the wrong thing to do is when this pandemic eases out, whenever that is, that we go back to the way it was. Some of it, yes, but not all of it. And we need to make sure those that are helping young people make decisions don't revert back to the way we used to do it. I couldn't agree more, you know, uh, Greg. So we've been doing some surveying uh, this semester of our students and our faculty just to agree and get our perspective on what things are really positive and what will stay. And the faculty are giving some really good comments about their uh, a better teacher as a result because they've accessed new resources, they're able to connect in different ways. Um, we all certainly want to come back face to face, but when we do that, we will still use the tools and the resources that have been developed by the faculty to enhance the learning environment uh, for students. And the student perspective, the surveys we're receiving back in the area of student services, they appreciate the fact that they have the sole attention of the counselor and that it can become a little bit more closer connected in a virtual environment. Um, again, it's not the best way to do it, but it works in a way that may create a different type of a relationship or a connection for an individual. And I think um, 
We're going to have some real strong, positive experiences that are going to be carried forward. And now you match that with the human context of the face-to-face, -face, and it just creates a more dynamic learning environment. Um, and Gateway's been through this before, right? We've been adaptable to many changes in the economy, and we find new ways to serve our students. And COVID has just allowed us to provide a new way to serve students. Hmm. Jan Bray, uh, explain what role employers play in uh, in kind of helping people understand the nature of various facets of the industry and to help them be adequately prepared for jobs. How, how indispensable are employers in, in this equation? Well, we won't achieve anything if employers are not engaged. They are absolutely critical to this. First of all, they're the one, they need the, the workers. They are the only ones that can really outline uh, and communicate what they need. I mean, we all might, you know, an educator or a counselor might think they know, but they haven't been in the workplace. And so the employer needs to, one, they need to identify the pathways. They need to identify the knowledge and skills they need. Uh, they need to be willing to bring people in and help with that training. They don't have to be solely responsible for it. Uh, but they also, and this is a critical area that is not given a lot of attention and doesn't get done much by employers because it's hard, is employers need to share what they're seeing five years out. Now, an employer will tell you, I don't know what's happening next year, not five years. <laughs> but an employer can't go to the educational institutions and go, I need someone, I just figured out I need someone with these skills. Now, Education will go fine, but they have to ramp up. They have to develop the curriculum. They have, you know, and the employer has to get very engaged in the development of that curriculum, which means education has to let them get engaged in that. And, uh, you know, so that it starts to build because you're not going to get someone with those skills from day one. It takes a while to train them in it. So there has to be, employers have to understand industry has to understand that the only way they're going to see productivity and a growth in their bottom line is to have the the appropriately trained uh, individual coming into their firm and the only way they're going to get that is to constantly communicate and become engaged with the education system that's it plain and simple and I love your five-year analogy. I try to remind our companies here. Actually, it's uh, for us, it's 18 years. You want to know where your employees are going to come from 18 years from now? They're in kindergarten right now. So it's, we're not going to be able to create a whole bunch of new people in 18 years. They're already born. They're already here. How do we help sustain the conversation around what's the best career path and opportunity for you as an individual? So it starts very early in the process. And uh, I think if we just keep a perspective on the fact that it's a community issue, it's employers, it's teachers, it's parents, it's families, it's organizations. Everybody needs to be involved in how do we strengthen the economic opportunities that individuals have. A last question, Jan Bray. Are you optimistic about 2021? And if so, why? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, well, first of all, I'm an optimistic person. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't help to be negative about things. That's not going to change it. So, uh, you know, I believe things always get better. Um, I also am a great believer in individual choice. Things might come to us like COVID-19, nothing we could do. How we respond to it is in our choice. That's what I always tell young people. That's what I tell industry. It's your choice. You have, a, you have issues now, all right? You can figure out how to change them. 
But as far as career development goes, so first of all, the uh, center, uh, along with the National Career Development Association, did create a credential called the School Career Development Advisor, and we are working very hard to get one in every school. This is an individual that will understand how to talk to industry, how to analyze labor market information, how to put together work-based learning experiences. And we are beginning to make progress slow, but we're beginning to and we'll capture research information around it so that the more we have people in every school that address this and the more teachers are engaged in this, I think that works as well. And the more we can communicate this out to parents, that's a positive. So I think this is good. I, as I said before, I think COVID woke people up to having to look at things differently, that, but, uh, but a bit also they became very adaptable. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, that's worked for uh, industry, individuals, schools, they've had to adapt. And they realized and they found out that we can adapt Maybe not the best way. We've done some of it on the fly, but we can adapt and we can move young people into the career pathway of their choice. And that's what the thing is, that at the end of the day, every young person has the information they need to make informed decisions about where they want to start their pathway. We're all going to, a lot of us are not where we started out. I mean, you know, I was a teacher. This is not what I started out to do, but that's okay. It connected and it moved along, uh, along the way. And young people, I have a 13 year old great nephew who spends all day on video games. I was so thrilled to hear that there's a degree on video gaming. <laughs> but the, I mean, I thought, all right, now he'll have something to do with his life and I'm getting him information about it. But there's also a skill there that there are a lot of other jobs he can apply that to. At 13, he's first just playing games, but I want to help direct him in the right direction. So I think we're beginning to see those needs. And so I am extremely optimistic that we are moving forward in the right direction as an educational uh, system, as a workforce system. And the more the education and workforce are working together, and they definitely are, I think we're going to see a lot of positive results. So I am extremely optimistic about that. If uh, people want to uh, learn more about the Coalition for Career Development Center, how can they uh, find that information? Yes, they, I urge everyone to go to our website, www.ccd-center.org. And you can see who's involved with it. You can see the research being undertaken. You can see we already have a lot of resources up there. And, um, you know, so that's great. I, I'm not sure we have Gateway up here, but I know we're going to be putting a lot of uh, Gateway's resources up there because we've gone to the board first asking for it. So start there. And that will be able to then tell you if you see something like where to go. It's going to save you a lot of time. Hmm. Very good. Uh, Jan Bray is the executive director for the Coalition for a Career Development Center. We appreciate you joining us today on The Morning Show. Thank you so much for all the exciting and interesting information that you've shared with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And Brian, it's always a pleasure. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank Brian you, Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College. Always great to have you on The Morning Show, and we look forward to seeing you in 2021. Thank you, Greg. I look forward to it as well. I just uh, thank to you and the entire team at WGTD. They're doing a tremendous job helping to keep us connected to our community and uh, a very happy holiday season to everyone. Thank you.